Welcome back to another episode of 52 in 52, a podcast where you watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today, Josh and I are going to be talking about the new movie, Colossal. So Colossal is directed by a guy named Nacho Vigalondo, who I don't think Josh and I have seen a movie from before. Um, it stars Anne Hathaway, Jason Sudeikis, uh, Dan Stevens, who was in Legion, um, and no one else really that important, just a couple side characters. Um, anyway, Josh, how are you doing? What do you think Colossal? Where do you want to start? I think we're going to do a spoiler section for this pod, right, for, for some of it. Yeah, I guess, I mean, if, if, you, if you, I don't know if you thought about it. This is our second try on this pod. Yesterday, we just kind of <laughs> jumped right into it. Do you have something you kind of think we can talk about for the listeners without, like, getting too spoilery? Yeah, yeah, and uh, I guess we're usually pretty, I think we try to keep it, like, not highbrow on this podcast as much as possible, but this this movie, I feel like it's not really, uh, I don't know if, like, casual moviegoers will enjoy this movie maybe as much as people that will, like, sophisticated sort of want to, like... Men, Sophisticated <laughs> moviegoers of taste like ourselves, you mean? <laughs> I, I just think it's something that's, like, it's so weird and, like, random that you sort of have to, like, I feel like you have to think about it like a good amount to sort of maybe get something from it because it's just all over the place. Well, I think it's – I mean like the one thing we can say that's pretty obvious from the trailer is that um, Anne Hathaway uh, plays a woman who uh, hit, hit, falls in some hard times in life, uh, goes back to her hometown and finds out that she has some kind of connection with a monster that's terrorizing South Korea. And yeah. So that, 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 that's the bare bones of what you, what you probably already know if you're going to see this movie in the first place. And uh, I would have been I, – I, I, and I enjoyed the part of the movie that touched on that stuff enough that I, I would have been perfectly happy with a full movie that just did something with that. But this movie definitely takes a turn that I didn't see coming and turns into something a lot different and a lot uh, – than what you're expecting if you're just going there for a monster movie. And I think that's, a, that's like a fair warning to someone that's considering seeing this movie and – a lot of moviegoers might enjoy the twist it takes, and others might not. But I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I feel like we got a little bit of the best of both worlds because we got to see a different take on a kind of monster movie for a part. But it ties it into something much different, and which I appreciated. And um, I thought the actors did a very good job in this movie, so I, I thought that I, I really liked it. You know? Yeah, and it's interesting because it sort of like takes uh, different genres, whether it's sci-fi, comedy, romance. Um, and, and just sort of like general small town. thriller, yeah, like and sort of like small town going. You know, someone goes back to a small town and they meet up with someone they went to school with, and uh, hijinks ensue. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. And like Josh said, the trailer. I, I actually was kind of turned off from the trailer because I felt like it gave away too much. But then once I saw the movie, uh, going back to what Josh said, like a lot of stuff just sort of happens that is completely sort of out of the blue and uh, some twists and some character moments that uh, I think end up being pretty good. And and so I think that if you're trying to decide if you want to see this movie, I think that within the next like week or two is probably a good time to see it before some of the May and summer movies start coming out. And before um, people talk about it too much and you might – Sure. Get, just get small things spoiled for you that you might otherwise not know about until well into the movie. Um, yeah, and, and it, could, it could easily be something like a tweet that you see um, in passing that just mentions something about what the 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 movie's like after it takes a turn, and that could just kind of throw you off or something like that. Yeah, and and Josh and I, like he said, we we attempted this podcast for maybe ten minutes yesterday, and then uh, we had some connection problems and stuff. But we we talked about Anne Hathaway a little bit and. Um, neither of us are like 
you know, we have our actresses and actors that we're in love with and, and we're both sort of, you know, Anne Hathaway, Anne Hathaway, but I think that she was really good in this movie and brings a lot of life to it that, um, she should be praised for. Yeah. I feel like I've seen her do a good amount of things. Like she does. I, 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 I totally forgot when we were talking yesterday, but she, uh, I don't think, I don't know if you've seen Rachel getting married. It's a movie that she did. It's a, she got her first Oscar nomination for that. Like about, uh, mm-hmm. ten, about almost, I guess it's almost 10 years ago now that she would have filmed it, but it's about a woman that uh, gets out of rehab and kind of ends up, uh, crashing her sister's wedding weekend and uh sister's played by rosemary dewitt and she kind of goes through a lot of heavy stuff there so in that one she's uh getting to play kind of the screw up too so it's not like she hadn't done this before and done it well but i think the portions of the movie in which she gets to play like play that are uh certainly a little different and a little lighter here for for at least a time and but she's done other stuff like brokeback mountains like very intense and devil wears prada is fun in a different way but also serious and those are those those things and uh i guess like the love and other drugs yeah that and the dark knight rises like i so i feel like i've seen her do in interstellar um so i've seen her i've seen her do play a lot of different kind of notes but i feel like this was a interesting mix of her getting to do a showcase of a lot of different types of notes that she can hit and so i quite enjoyed seeing her do that because like you asked me straight up yesterday if i just did i like her or did i hate her or anything because it seems like she's fairly polarizing i'm not mm-hmm. though i wasn't really on either side of that debate i was just yeah she's fine i <laughs> not gonna like list her if you tell me to list my top five actresses, but I'm not gonna strongly dislike her. But I, I definitely have a much higher opinion of her after this movie. If um, so, if you if you are an Anne Hathaway fan, then you'll probably like it. And if you're not an Anne Hathaway fan, I I don't see how you can't come out of this at least being a little more of a fan than you were previously. Yeah, and I think that she sort of I think both the movie and her sort of easily could have gotten into this place where sort of generic things happen, whether it's you know generic girl goes home. Uh, sees person she used to go to school with and, you know, romance ensues or whatever. And uh, the beginning of the movie, she's sort of like a drunk who's fighting with her boyfriend all the time. And I think that they do enough of a job differentiating it from just like a generic drunk person can't control themselves kind of thing. And they sort of at least give her a little bit more life than um, some other movies might have, which she takes and she has to convince us, right, that she – uh, sort of has these feelings and, and elicits emotion from the, the audience and stuff. But I think that she did a good job. And so I'm, I'm glad that she was in this movie. Um, so, yeah. No, yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I think for most of the other characters, I don't, I don't know if I want to get too much into them um, yeah. until we get to the next section. But I think she, she, there's enough going on with her that I thought it was good we could talk about her and just say to anyone that's thinking about seeing this movie that might not, that might be a little adverse to Anne Hathaway. That shouldn't be something that keeps you away from it because uh, she's she's pretty good in it. Um, is there anything else that you think we should t- we can touch on that without getting uh, too spoilery, or should we just go ahead and move on and just tell people to go see it? Yeah, I think I think we both recommend going to see it. So I think we're just going to talk full spoilers for the rest of the podcast, um, which shouldn't be too too long. I mean, there's just it's just easier to just talk about completely without having to split split the movie up because it sort of all ties in together. Yeah, uh, for sure. Just uh, like I said, uh, the the monster movie part of it is pretty cool, but there's definitely a lot more to it. If so, if you just don't see yourself as a sci-fi person, uh, don't let that. I, I wouldn't let it keep you away. But I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to really say why. Uh, but yeah. Some of that stuff is uh, is it, it's pretty impressive what they pull off, but they do a lot more than just that. And I'll I'll leave it at that and and say I recommend you see it and then come back. Sure. And, uh, 
fast forward through the next the first eight minutes of the podcast and listen to the rest of this. <laughs> yep. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back talking spoilers for Colossal. Okay, so we're back talking spoilers for Colossal. Um, where do you want to start, Josh? There's sort of a couple interesting pl- things in this movie. Yeah, so uh, well, what do you, essentially this movie goes from being a, uh, a like a straight up psychological, a weird psychological monster movie to a movie that's more about like male entitlement and feminism in a way. Uh, was that I'm sure was that, was that is that something that caught you off guard as well? And uh, did did you like the way the movie tried to deal with those themes? Yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty interesting, and and I guess the sort of like grander thing is like this is how alcohol can affect your life right sort of that's sort of like the bigger metaphor at play but yeah it's an an addiction movie too and we but you already kind of know that a little bit going in it just like takes it to another level for sure and i i liked it a lot and and i think the biggest thing for both of us when we just uh talked a little bit before the podcast was jason sudeikis Mm -hmm. sort of getting this turn from going from playing the guy he always plays to dark, creepy, um, male entitlement guy who you don't really know what he's going to do next, whether it's going to be like really brutal or, or not because the movie sort of, you know, you don't think that create like something super dark is going to happen. And then you're like, Oh shit, maybe something super dark is going to happen. And I think that they did enough to convince me, uh, to sort of not be scared, but just like be on my toes of what was going to happen next. Yeah, I like the point you make about being on your toes because that's not something exactly that we did and talked about in our first attempt of the pod yesterday. I I go really far back with Jason Sudeikis all the way to SN, his first days on SNL, and then I really like him in Sleeping with Other People, where the Millers horrible bosses. Like I think those are all good comedic mm-hmm. showcases for him, but he's he's Jason Sudeikis in most of them. And what I think actually really helps this movie in the second half, which I hadn't really thought about until you put it in those words, is that you see him like just being this. Really Really scary, entitled, um, just uh, controlling guy. But his general disposition still kind of feels like Jason Sudeikis up until he yeah. goes into that mode. So every time that you're in one of these scenes, once his character has already taken that turn, you don't actually know because it's not like – I guess he could have gone way – he could have tried to go way more over the top with it and just tried to play like a, such a total monster that flips a, a switch 100%. But he's – for some of that second half of the movie or second or last third of the movie, maybe he's kind of going in and out of that mode. He's apologetic, but you know, there's something worse there. And then he, even when he's not apologizing, you know, he's still kind of being a douche in that, like in that restaurant scene with Dan Stevens, he's putting on an act, but you're not sure like how much of an act it is. And if, and then it becomes clear as that scene goes on that, wait, he is, he is off his rocker again, but it's it does. Uh, you're never quite exactly sure where where that guy is at for the rest of the movie, just because he's Jason Sudeikis. If this has just been just some middle of the road dramatic actor, then I don't think it works as much, actually. Yeah, I I think so too, and and I think one of the the key things that happened was when she ends up going to his place, and he apologizes to her, um, and he sort of comes back down to like human level and you're like oh you can sort of empathize with him a little bit and and it makes Um, sense for her it's not a dumb thing that makes her character any worse for being a little gullible in that situation because we've already established how big of a problem she has had with alcohol and uh, her actions mm-hmm. in the past so it would make sense for her to be a little more forgiving i don't think that's cheating the character or making her look yeah it makes sense for her to do that yeah and i think it's sort of like a nice juxtaposition of like you know 
male and female, like this is addiction and they both sort of have these bad things happen to them. And we sort of have a little bit more knowledge about what happens to Sudeikis' character because we sort of just get offhand comments that Anne Hathaway was sort of reeling from being an internet writer. And I think maybe people were like talking shit about her or something and she was uh, having a hard time dealing with that and whether or not that sort of fueled her alcohol addiction kind of thing. Um, but it, it definitely makes sense for her to, you know, sort of push it aside and understand that it's like a terrible thing. But when people are drinking and, and stuff that they're, uh, you know, they're not fully in control of things. And they don't always say or do things that they, that they can't mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I thought that was really good. And then I think the most surprising scene after that was when he was at her place. And it just sort of became like an all-out, like weird brawl uh, thriller, for what five, ten minutes, maybe. Yeah, uh, I mean, in that that kind of thing where someone just always is able to get into someone's place and sit right there and turn the lights on and just be perfectly right in the right spot, right when the person yeah. turns the light on to look at them. That feels like something I've seen a million times before. Yet it was still really scary and pretty well done at the it's same time. And exciting, yeah. Too, I, like I roll my eyes. I, I roll my eyes almost every time I see that. But and maybe I initially did there, but I'm like, he's giving such an impressive performance and being so scary that I don't even really care. Um, and then the the whole entire sequence was very thrilling and interesting how they how they do manage to pull that off. So uh, yeah, so. and and it's credit to them because the movie. Despite how many times it sort of shifts genres maybe or not even shifts but sort of just has elements of them, this was like a complete shift uh, for however long it was. And it totally it totally worked I think. I mean yeah, I can, I, I can understand people not liking it but for me just at least watching something different and interesting, I, I, it totally worked for me. And I think it does actually uh, – it does set up set it up kind of well in that – Earlier in the movie, it's not like it's not like it's, it comes out of nowhere. Uh, you see his first reaction when his friend tries to kiss her, and that tips you off without mm-hmm. being too, uh, without being t- playing without showing their hand too much as to exactly what he's going to turn into. It kind of leaves a hint that like, hey, this guy's not um, obviously trying to date her, but he's being a little weirdly protective and a little controlling in that way. And then, and then when. Um, she sleeps with his friend and he sees him come show up to the playground together. Uh, you, you can then see it again where he's like a little put off, but he's not more so than before, but he's still not going totally off the wall. But then he, it's a slow build up and it without being a little, without being too heavy handed. So yeah, the movie changes the kind of movie it wants to be, but I don't think it's unearned. No, no, it, it completely is. And they have like the, like you said, they have the cues earlier in the movie and it's interesting because they they actually like don't tell you like too much about their background so you sort of have to like guess or infer like does he like her did they have something previously that they're not telling us like they dated whatever um it, but it ends up just being more of uh both part of his alcoholism and him cool. just sort of you know his wife left him kind of stuff i think they actually made it kind of clear that he she left when she was very young like they wouldn't have dated i figured that out yeah yeah because yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, oh yeah. this thing is, hasn't shown up in 25 years so she left like when she was a little sure. kid uh but i think you know enough to know like uh i think i think it's just that that's such a i think that's also where the inherent jason sudeikisness actually helps it a little bit is that they don't have to do a bunch of exposition because yeah. he just comes off as a guy that's like in all of his movies where he's doing that thing is where he's just like so confident and cocky and whatever so just you, you kind of get that vibe that this guy probably thinks he's hot shit 
more so to to the point where he's in theory should have had a better life than just uh, running a bar in a small upstate His, New yeah, York town. Yeah, in this town especially yeah, yeah. is what so. he's like. I should feel uh, like he he feels superior uh, as like a person being in that town. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's that's kind of where it helps. And it's like you can tell that it's it makes sense that that's where that character's headspace would have been at, and that it's not even totally. Yeah, there is a lot of him uh, being like sexist and misogynist and uh, trying to control her and all that. But she's right when she says there's a lot more to it than that, where he's just uh, also just kind of jealous of her for getting out of there, you know? Yeah, for sure. And that's why it's so interesting that they have these like different because that's a that, that could be its own movie that it, where someone goes back home and people are jealous of them for getting out i feel like we've seen movies like that i don't remember off the top of my head but there's definitely movies we've watched where there's like you know someone ends up going back to small town and then people are just sort of stuck there yeah and we would have watched that movie we've been we've now we've got we've, yeah. got, we've talked like 15 minutes now we yeah. haven't even mentioned the monster <laughs> thing so yeah this is just like a it's just funny that we, we've gone so in on that and haven't even talked about it so what do you think about that? Would you like th- you could say this very well could have been a movie without any of that? So, what do you think the purpose of all this monster stuff is? Do you do you do you like the movie any significantly less or without it or w- without it or are you uh, would you have been f- where do you stand on that? Like it's just it's so weird, you know what I mean? We've already used that yeah. we use that word a couple times. It's like this this has enough on its own without that, but it's just like a a whole other thing. Do you, I I, I kind of like it. I, it's it's just so because it's so un- unique, you know, and I. Yeah. Don't, I don't really know what all else to say about it, but it is—it's just an interesting way for the to to allow the, some of those power dynamics that come into play with um, the two of them to then be exercised in a way, I guess. Yeah, no, for sure. It's a—it's a—it's a good metaphor. B, it's just cool to see visually, um, which I think was done really well. Yeah, they made the movie and, for fifteen million dollars too, so that's pretty pretty good for yeah, a fifteen million dollar budget. And they didn't—they didn't hide the ball either. You know what I mean? Like. As soon as the monster stuff happens, like they show us the monster, they show us like YouTube videos of the monster, they and show the us gestures. reactions. Yeah, um, and I think one of the most interesting things of the that the movie does is the way it handles sort of like, uh, uh, sort of just like mass murder or like a lot of people dying, um, because they sort of are they sort of brush it to the side. At least her and Sudeikis when they're like, oh, like she killed people and he killed people whatever um well she's upset about it he's just like yeah whatever big bigger yeah, news she, bigger news i'm a robot who cares about those 200 she, people that died she's upset about it but she for like she also chooses to go back and stand in the thing and dance and do all this other stuff right like true, true, true. she she's upset about it and it and it affects her but it it doesn't like break her down you know what i mean it easily could have like broke her down but she still maintains herself as a character um but I just thought it was interesting because that's that's something you have to deal with. But I, I think in the larger sense, it's sort of just like this is how alcoholism and this is how your actions when you're drunk like can affect people. And it's more about that than about actually like killing people. Right. Yeah. And it's – did you uh, – it's cool how she's just like – she's able to quit cold turkey um, yeah. the, second t- the second time it happens, uh, which is pretty interesting, whereas he's just – he doesn't really give a fuck. Um, yeah. What did you think about the What did you think about the end and how uh, she figures that out? That that's kind of the solution that she needs to take. She figures that out off camera. How did you? Was that fine for you? How they handled that? Where she just all of a sudden shows yeah. up and like that's a revelation to the audience. But I, I I wasn't bothered by that. I just it was just like oh wow that that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, well, they show us a, a short scene where she's like ends up looking at the at the map she made and all the notes she took. Um, 
And then she flies over there. And I, I didn't know what she was going to – I honestly – I, it didn't even click to me until it was on the screen that she would be large over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought that was really interesting, and I thought that it was – I thought that the the sort of subplot of him saying like, look, uh, I'm going to come here every day if you and it's your job to stop me. Like that sort of uh, – what do you call it? Uh, I don't know. Extortion? Not extortion. <laughs> just sort of ultimatum yeah, i guess yeah, is yeah. the word um i thought that was it made sense for his character and it was sort of like an interesting thing because it's like she's responsible for him like not killing people um yeah and at first i thought yeah, no, she, I at, first, at first i thought she, like she is really gonna stay there because he has he can award this over her. and i saw her leaving i was like whoa she's actually just gonna like let him uh she's gonna call his bluff and then it's like oh that's what she's doing so i thought yeah. i thought i thought it was a, an interesting sequence and it was a pretty cool it was a pretty cool sight it's one thing seeing uh monsters uh we've we've seen monsters in big metropolises big 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 metropole yeah. metropoli metropole metropolitan metropolitan cities, metropolitan areas, areas. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't i don't know what the right word for that to do i was trying to go for metropolis plural but uh but yeah like you've seen that in plenty of movies before everyone like you've seen images of godzilla king kong whatever but then just to see it like in a nothing upstate new york town that was that was a pretty cool site with all the scenery and everything um so yeah I, I enjoyed it and i thought it i thought it looked really it re- looked really cool yeah no i, I agree and I, I thought it was a good twist and i like you said i thought she was gonna call us bluff too like if you're gonna do this you have to kill me kind of thing mm-hmm. which i'm not sure how i would have felt about that within the context of the movie but what what he did was way smarter and way better than uh than than what we thought uh could have happened and, and it is also cool that she uh she, she does have to do it herself you know uh yes and, and, and uh, i mean i guess that's where a lot of people are saying like uh um she are giving them credit for creating a character that's uh somewhat of a feminist symbol who can also be a mess at the same time because you get to see that with uh, male characters a lot where i mean they're fuck-ups and they get it together and there's another version of this movie where she probably relies on dan stevens to help her a lot and it's it's cool that they let her really solve the pu- the puzzle on her own. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the of the fireworks <laughs> scene? Um, I mean, that was that was scary um, for a minute. It, I mean, it was. Yeah. I mean, like you don't like I said that that I mean he was already uh um he was already uh what's the word I'm looking for uh um I don't know the, the Sudeikis character at that point in the movie is already a bit of a um, stray bullet. You don't really know what's going to happen with him. And even when he pulls out the box, he's like, where is this going? And when, well, I, I don't – I've never been a big fireworks person. You know, like I I, I guess I'm always afraid I'm going to get Jason Pierre Paul or something like that. And I just don't really want to deal with it. It's not worth the hassle. So I don't really know what it – I've never been there like shooting off the fireworks at the base. So I don't know what it works like. I can tell you the difference between a firecracker and a firework. I thought firecrackers would have been something a lot smaller. So I'm expecting like, – when he says that, I'm expecting maybe like one thing to shoot up. So it, it, not only was I like already a little thrown off because I don't know how far Jason Sudeikis is going to go. I'm like, oh, wow, this thing was a lot bigger than they made it seem like it was going to be. Yeah, and I think that it was – I think in the moment it's a little bit – I don't want to say unbelievable, but it catches you off guard. But like as the movie goes on um, and you sort of get this darker side of him, I think it makes a little bit more sense um, once you sort of see the full heel turn for him going thriller or bad, weird guy. Yeah, 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 for, sh- for sure. I, I, 
Um, but yeah, that was that was nuts because also they made such a big, they made such a big deal out of that bar the whole movie and redoing the yeah. bar and doing this and doing that and how how good it looks and how they've done this to it they've done that to it and it's like I didn't know that that this the fact that he was just like I I'm I'm just so off my rocker at this point I'll I'll fuck up all of this shit that I've accomplished in this thing just to just to like make a point to this woman and this guy and then it was like oh man he's like uh, yeah he, he's uh, he he's pretty capable of some terrible shit. Yeah. Um, one thing that I was sort of bothered by was we don't really get any redemption for his friend um, when he calls him out for like doing drugs and being a cocaine addict and whatever. Um, he's just not in the movie after that for the rest of the – and it's a good amount. It's maybe like 30 or 40 minutes that the movie goes on after that scene at the bar. Do they show him hanging out again? I th- together no he wasn't no, i don't well, think no, he was no, there they, no they show him they show him hanging out with the guy that she, yeah, she hooks up with when, with. when, when yeah. he's already kind of uh, gone off on him too he just kind of slinks back to hang out with him despite yeah. that uh, yeah which was weird too he slept with her and then he starts hanging out with sudeikis again like no big it deal he, it was almost like sudeikis had something on him and he felt the need to just act like a sure. little puppy dog when without anything yeah. else it's like i i would have thought like maybe he would have uh, stood up for anne hathaway and been said he just kind of goes along with him um yeah so yeah I, I i wasn't totally sure what to make of that I, I like that guy i'd never seen that actor before the guy that played the the drug addict friend um tim blake nelson yeah. i guess he's a pretty mm-hmm. well-known actor i'm sure i've seen him and stuff but the guy yeah. that, the guy that played uh joel he uh i i'd never seen him before and i kind of like that character and i did like the idea of her of her ending up with him because um in a lot of different movies maybe they they, they even they might tease out a romance a little more and show some kind of attraction but she was really never that interested in Sudeikis at all, even before we find out that he's crazy. And I thought yeah. it actually almost made sense that she'd just be attracted to the guy that's good looking, the younger, attractive younger doesn't, dude, yeah. doesn't have, and isn't necessarily like, isn't super cocky and confident and maybe not the smartest guy in the world also, but it's just a little bit different. Cause that, that version of Dan Stevens seems like a pretty suave, confident British dude. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and then Sudeikis is Sudeikis, so it's like, oh, this guy is something different and a little interesting, and it's whatever. So I thought it was kind of, it made sense that she'd be a little into him, and he'd just be kind of awkward and whatever. And I thought that was a, a cool dynamic. Whereas, like you said, other movies might just have it just be solely about her and Sudeikis, and she might even be attracted to him, and then and then kind of be caught off guard. I thought it was a different a turn for the movie to take, and that allowed them to drop those hints about Sudeikis being a little crazy, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah, and. Yeah, uh, I agree, and I think just it all comes together in just like a weird – in like a weird random way. But for me, all the pieces ended up fitting, and uh, I liked – I mean I don't think it's like an Oscar contender or anything like that, but it's like a highly enjoyable movie to just watch. Um, yeah, it's 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 an it's example of like movies that like we, we, we talk about from time to time on here where we like movies of that budget range with those quality sure. of stars to get more original ideas to get made. Uh, a little more often it's like something i think uh is was a much it, it, it sticks its landing a lot more than something like midnight special did which is in a lot of ways is of the same mold and that has like some sure pre, like about a 15 to 20 million dollar budget with some impressive visuals that um is an original thing and it's like it, it, I, th- I feel like it came out around the same almost the same time as midnight special did last year so it'd be cool if there are a few more movies like that every year that get that chance i don't i don't I, I mean, I guess it still hasn't gotten a total wide release, but on Wikipedia right now, it's only at like less than $2 million. So, I, I mean, I would like people to go out and support it so uh, more filmmakers are empowered to make movies of this uh, size and scope and uh, genre. Yeah, uh, I agree 100%. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add, but I think we had a pretty good discussion about Colossal. Yeah, I um, agree. 
Yeah. So, all right. Thank you guys for listening. Um, can catch us on social media. Josh, what is your Twitter handle? Uh, at Josh Chernovoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-I. Uh, my Twitter handle is a clambake, A-K-L-A-M-B-A-K-E. Our podcast Twitter is 52in52pod, and our podcast email is 52in52pod at gmail.com. Um, let us know what you guys think of Colossal, whether you like the the twists and turns, whether it was sort of a little bit unbelievable for you, um, whether you enjoyed at least the monster part or at least the uh, character part, whatever. Um, we'd like to hear what you guys have to think. And thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.